Calgary football fans. This is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960. Brought to you by SML Entertainment. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bo Show. We are at Shanks South. Stop by, have a drink. Let us know what you want to talk about. Text in 960-960 or call in 403-240-4444. Look at that. I remember it this nice time. Nice job. Yeah. Ooh, vet. Ooh. He's a vet. I know we're locked in. Um, yeah, man, let us know what we got. Obviously, man, it's the, it's the time of the year. It's CFL playoffs. It's time to go. I was actually talking to my little brother on the way over here, and uh, he was like, yeah, who do y'all have this week? And I was like, Scooter, nobody. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, you're on a bye? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, wait, you won the West? I'm like, all right, man, oh, I appreciate you paying geez. attention, brother. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that, Scooter. You had no faith in you guys going into last week? <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I but... he, said, he, said he, he, said, he said he can't multitask. He said he was watching the game and trying to work at the same time. It just wasn't going well. Uh, but, let, yeah, man, let's talk it out. We've got we've got Winnipeg 10-8 and eight, at SAS 12-6, and six, and then we've Whew. got BC 9-9 at Hamilton 8-10. Banjo um, Bowl in the first round of the, the playoffs. The I love banjo it. Bowl. Now, is that is that right, Patty, or is it only when it's in Winnipeg that it's a Banjo I Bowl? I believe only in Winnipeg it's the Banjo Bowl. Because it's part of that Labor Day, game right? From the, but you can, Why it is might that? as well be. For what, it was, okay, it was Troy Westwood <laughs> who coined this on Winnipeg Radio. And who has a great mullet and fits right into that rivalry. Oh, he's outstanding. <laughs> like, he, he is that rivalry in a headshot. Did you play against Westwood, or he would have been he done been before gone, you? No. So he was longtime bomber punter. He was really good. So he, he was on radio, and he said, yeah, and... Uh, now all the people from Saskatchewan are going to come with their banjos, and it's time for the banjo bowl. Was basically so that's how. Is that the, really how it started? That's how. Now started. was he the kicker, by the way, that when he was in Saskatchewan and played for Saskatchewan, he had like a ton of manure dumped on his lawn when he no, missed a kick. No, no, that was uh, Paul that McCallum. Was, yeah, that McCallum, was yes. Yeah. Okay. Because it would have been even better if, if if Westwood and his mullet found his way into that story. Paul too. McCallum missed a field goal, I believe, in the West Division semifinal to beat BC. <laughs> uh, he missed it, and then he got manure dumped on his lawn. Funny enough. McCallum would go on and he would win a great cup with BC a few years later. Okay, I heard <laughs> this might not be right. I heard that they actually dumped it on his neighbor's lawn. Oh, they had the wrong address? Yeah. That, that would be very like Saskatchewan. That that's happen. awesome. Yep, that's, I'm not positive. That's just something I heard. That would be awesome. Please um, confirm that text line. Yeah, I will. I'm, yeah, somebody in the text line, let us know if that's true or not. Um, yeah, all right. So I kind of want to hear y'all's takes on this. Uh, I'm actually, and I know we never do this. You know, quarterbacks, we tend to uh, shy away and say, yeah, you know, we don't care who wins. But uh, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to give my picks of who I think will win, and I'll give my reason why. Okay. And so this isn't who you want or don't want. This, this is who is you just say. Happen. When I'm scouting it, here's yeah, what I think is going to happen. Yeah, this is just from playing them multiple times, watching them play each other. And I think that's the biggest thing is you got to watch how these two teams play each other. Uh, so I'll start in the East, BC Hamilton. Um, one and one this year. BC squeaked out a win against Hamilton on the controversial call of punt or field goal from June Jones. That's right. Uh, BC mm. scores a touchdown. His two-point conversion ends up winning in overtime. Whoa. Um, and then come back to uh, Hamilton. Hamilton wins 40 to 10. Um, and that's that's what's tough for me is that one is you know it could have been two and zero swing for Hamilton based off a call, um, but just just based off these last couple weeks, I'm gonna go BC. And here's why. Um, these last couple of games have to have it. you got to win. I didn't see a great performance put out there. And For Hamilton. Um, yeah. Yep. And, uh, and and Brandon Banks has, you know, 12 touchdowns and, and I don't know, 1,700 yards this year, something ridiculous. Um, I think he was kind of helping make that offense run. You know, he was he was something – he was giving that offense a little something that, 
you know, he'd catch the ball at five yards and take it to 20. And that's uh, that's something you can't teach, something you can't re-sign from somewhere else. Um, so my pick is BC. I think the interior lineman of BC uh, make a difference in this game, get a couple sacks. And obviously the story came out today about uh, Masoli and some knee brace or something, but I'm sure that's just precautionary. Um, but, yeah, I've got 75% uh, BC to 25% Hamilton. Okay, which I, I'm kind of on board with. Hamilton, when they needed a win in their final two Mm -hmm. games, they couldn't get it. And as soon as Brandon Banks left that offense, even in the – remember, when Brandon Banks went down, Hamilton had a big lead on Ottawa. Red Blacks come all the way back and beat them in that first game, and then they crush them in the second game. I think as soon as Banks leaves that offense, it completely changes. And I am a little worried about Mazzoli without Banks right now. Uh, They don't really have that big play threat. I love Luke Tasker. He is as reliable and as efficient as it gets, but he's not that big place uh, field-stretching guy. So I'm worried about the Tiger Cats right now, and I'm worried about their ability to move the ball without Banks, uh, and that plays into how well they're able to run the ball. I kind of feel like BC's got the ability to stack the box a little bit more against Alex Green. I, I think BC's the, the better pick in this game. I Like you guys talk about the form they're in, and you could tell me about the head-to-heads, but BC's looked like a different club the last, what, two months? Yeah, and except, Hamilton except in the games. last month hasn't been. And, and you know what? Like last week, let's take that away. Nothing would have changed for them if they'd won or lost. They're yeah. still going to Hamilton. Those are the hardest games to play, and you'd be able to account to that given the situation you guys have been in in the, the final couple weeks of the year over the past three, four years. I think if you just look at the, the latest body of work, BC looks like a much better football club. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know what? You know what scares me in this. If I'm Hamilton, uh, is the fact that they could dress Sutton, Johnson, and Rainey. and Rainey. Yeah, that scares me. If I'm Hamilton, and Sutton is has done nothing but look good since really oh, getting absolutely. his chance in the lineup. And which one of those? I mean, tell me which one of those running backs aren't a starting running back. You, the only one you can say is Rainey. Yep. And <laughs> if you're saying Chris Rainey's not a starter, I mean, hey. Uh, that's a big play guy, man. Um, the only so I, I also have for each pick, I have what changes my pick for me. So I have BC for the win. What changes that is if Lule doesn't finish the game. So something happens injury wise, or you know Wally does a Wally thing and, and changes the quarterback halfway through. Um, that doesn't look good for me, and that means obviously things aren't going well, and that that'll give me a Hamilton win. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's so probably a fair thing to say about any club. If you got to go to the backup midway through the game, it's probably well, not I going mean, the way you want. Played half the season. You know yeah. what I mean, that's the only the only reason I say it because it, that's kind of been the story of the season. When Lule's played, they've won, and when Johnson's played, they really haven't. But um, it's not f- super fair to say. I like Johnson. I think he's a good quarterback, just confidence-wise. When your coach doesn't give you confidence, man, that's how do you play. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a good segue to go to the next side of Sask. If Zach doesn't play, um, I don't know how I feel confident as a as Bridge when my coach is giving me zero reason to be confident. Sure. You go out, sign another quarterback, saying that you don't think I can get it done, but you think a guy that hasn't been in our offense at all, has never run our offense, can come out and help us win more than I can. Um, which, man, I mean, I don't know. From your guys' perspective, you know, what, how, what did you think of Bridge last year? Every time he came in for KG. I thought he was good last when he, year. When he, played, yeah. Yeah, when he played in the playoffs, he looked good. Yeah. And, and there's, there was clearly been a hesitance to go back to him time and time again from Chris Jones. Now, Caleros has – played well down the stretch and it sounds like he's gonna play on sunday it sounds like he's is that the word it, it, it sounds Today, like, like just an hour yeah. ago. yeah so so he's good to go the the thing is if caleros is not 
on if you can tell. What if he's 80 percent, right? This is kind of the neighborhood we're looking at, right? You've got that option to go to bridge. And you take a look at last year when he came in in the East Division semifinal. uh, I guess it was the East Division final. When he took over for Kevin Glenn in that East final against Toronto, changed the whole game. Argos were up by a couple possessions. Riders came all the way back and almost won that football game. If it wasn't for an unbelievable final drive with Ricky Ray and James Wilder, Riders and Stampeders is probably your great cup matchup that week. So I, I think that they have the option to go away from Caleros early, but it is good news that Zach's good to go because he's played well down the stretch. He seems to have finally gotten comfortable with a group of younger receivers that have kind of found their way. So I think the Riders win this game if Calero stays, and that's not a knock on Bridge. I just think the Riders win this game if Calero stays in the entire game because he's looked good. What in the world are they doing signing Drew Tate? Does that make any sense on any level? I think it was the... I don't understand it. I think it was the, if he can't go, if Calero can't go... Because at that point, you've got to believe in Bridge. But I guess, is it now the guy that would back up Bridge? Is that what they're hiring for in theory? But then then why is David Watford there? 100%. (laughs) And then the, the other thing was, okay, like if Bridge had been in the organization and with Winnipeg the last three years, this is the classic Patriots Belichick thing, you go bring a guy off the street that can tell you about their playbook. But it's not even that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's the thing. You're not going into Ottawa. Like, what are you doing here? And I, I could see it as a tactic to, hey, let's get Winnipeg to relax a little bit. We'll tell him Zach's not playing. We'll sign another Maybe. veteran quarterback. But they came out today, and Zach's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to play. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it probably, as you alluded to, Bo, doesn't instill a ton of confidence in the guys not named Kalaros there when it's like, quick, we got to scramble to get someone else. Well, and that's the thing. And that's, and that's why I've got Winnipeg picked in this game uh, 60-40 over Sass. Really? Yeah, I do, because I, if, if if he's foggy at all, you know what I mean? As a quarterback, man, or if, you're, rust, not, yeah, if okay. you're not sharp, like you're not locked in, like there's games where I've been, you know, even just a little bit off, it changes things. It really does. Like you're just not that same guy. And like and right now their offense, I mean, they have the this, this, uh, third lowest scoring offense in the league. Yeah. You know, so it's not like they've just been a dominant offense. There's somebody that's had to grind it out for points. They've had a defense that's put them in great field position the entire year. You said it last week. Their takeaways and return touchdowns and their points off takeaways, like, far and away the best in the league. That's what they've won. Yeah. And that's what – so that's what I've got. So I've got Winnipeg 60-40 over Sask, and what changes that pick for me is if Winnipeg has two turnovers. Mm. If Winnipeg says, you know what, we're not going to turn the ball over, we're going to play smart football. If Nichols takes care of the football, I see them winning this game. They do too much on offense, too much crazy things, to, to kind of to where you can't do as much crazy stuff on defense the way they do. Um, and, you know, Sass runs a lot of matchup man. So matchup man, we yep. call it basketball. It's, all right, here's who we think. Uh, you know, we think Nick Marshall is going to cover this guy. We think Ed Gaines is going to cover this guy. And uh, what you do is all of a sudden now, you know, Winnipeg comes out in these crazy sets and guys are all over the field and you got guys covering in positions they're not comfortable covering in. And it makes it tough on them. And, uh, I mean, they've done a great job of it this year, and they've done it more than anybody. But, um, again, I think that puts you in a very tough position. And uh, I think Winnipeg is going to be able to create an offense to kind of get around that. There's a big game for Andrew Harris. I'm really interested to see what – because there's no doubt about it, this offense runs through him. He is as good as Matt Nichols has been down the stretch. He had his first 300-yard game when they clinched in the game against the Stampeders. Uh, 
this is this is a Andrew Harris offense, and he's going to get a lot of love for most outstanding Canadian this year, and rightfully so. He's had himself an outstanding year. If Harris can be the guy that the offense actually runs through, and if he can be the guy to consistently get gains for them, then I think the Bombers win this. The problem is two of the three games that Saskatchewan has played against Winnipeg this year, uh, Harris has been kind of a non-factor. They haven't used him a lot of the, out of the backfield in the hmm. passing game, and he hasn't run the game run the ball extremely effectively. So to me, that's the biggest key in this football game is, is Andrew Harris the guy that the offense actually runs? Through? Yeah, and if you're Winnipeg, can you make Saskatchewan's offense beat you? Right. As you alluded to. Because if you said if there's two turnovers, you change your pick? 100%. Because if there, there's two turnovers, odds are one of them's gone back to the house the way Saskatchewan has been opportunistic yeah. on defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I see it as let's get up by a touchdown or two and let's run this clock out. Let's force Sass to beat us on offense, mm-hmm. make him make a play on special teams, uh, you know, make just keep, continue to change field position, man. Like if you can continue to get two first downs every drive, yep. stay away from the two and outs, you know, stay away from Sass being able to, like you said, score the football, it becomes a very tough game. I want to ask you both about that game because what was it, 30 nothing blowout between these two, like I want to say three weeks yeah, ago? Thirty-one. What did you see there, and how much of that was a one-off versus a template for Winnipeg? Uh to me, in my opinion, when I watched it, it was Sask already had the season series against these guys. Um, I think they kind of felt like they were going to come out and win. You know, I think it, they got it, behind it, big early, didn't they? Yeah, and a couple of big plays happened real early to the point where it's like, oh man, what's going on here? You know, and, and then they start getting that mindset of, okay, well, this game doesn't really matter that much to us. Then let's get to the next one. And what I saw was just honestly, Winnipeg wanted it more. You know, they, they tried harder on special teams, had some big plays. They had they created some great uh, short yardage plays for Strebler to score some touchdowns. And that's the thing, man. They're doing so many different things. They make you sit there and, and what I saw, I saw a lot of infighting. I saw, you know, Nick Marshall pointing to sure, Ed Gainey, like, hey, you're over there, you're over there. No, you're over here, you're over here. Like, it's a lot of confusion. Instead, right. of, just, instead of just lining up in three-by-two, you know, three receivers of the field, two receivers of the boundary, and then running downhill saying, hey, this is how we're lining up. It makes it very tough for them to run their matchup man and change that up for their zones. What did you see, Patty? Well, I, it, it certainly looked like a one-off to me. I mean, let's not let's not forget that Saskatchewan went 9-2 and two down the stretch. They beat a lot of good teams, and that was kind of their worst game of the 11 yep. they played. It, it, it looked like just a bad game for the Riders where they kind of saw a snowball, and it was getting bigger, and they just, instead of reeling it back in, they said, you know what, we'll... Let's let's just get out of this game. Pull shit. And yeah, let's be healthy and let's get out of this game. And you don't want to say that, but that's kind of what it looked like. And I, I'm with Bo. I mean, that was a desperate game for Winnipeg. They mm. needed it. They were in a situation where at the time BC and Edmonton were right there with them. So you had one team that absolutely needed it. I think at the time Saskatchewan had already clinched a playoff spot. So it's only natural, I think, if you've got one team that truly is urgent and the other team that is maybe trying to manufacture it a little bit more. It's not all that different. Well, there's still lots to play for for Saskatchewan. It's not all that different than what Wally Buono said after Saturday's game. Yeah, that's fair. Basically, Wally said, it's a funny sport. Like, if you don't feel nervous, if you don't have those butterflies, if you don't have that anxiety and you know what's coming next, it's tough to manufacture the yeah. intensity you need in this sport particularly. And and I think there might have been a little bit of that going on too. Well said. And, see, and that's what got me about us playing BC is, you know, you have to drop your roster um, the day before the game and, and they've got all their starters listed. And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to they're gonna play. Like, they're going to come after it. Um, but the thing is, man, like, like what you said, is that if you don't want it, 
you're not going to go out there and play like that. And yeah. to me, if you were wanting to play in that game, you were wanting to compete in that game, you should have had some backups in there, some guys that were hungry, some guys yeah. that well, they got something to prove, yeah. Because yeah. I'm telling you right now, Odell Willis and, and Sean Lemon did not want to get touched. I mean, every time somebody came to cut them, they jumped away from them. I mean, y'all saw how we ran the ball on them. They, yeah. they moved out of the way. You know, it was there was times where you could tell, like, they did not want to make plays in the football. They just wanted to get to the, the playoffs. And rightfully so, I understand, like, the game has no meaning for them. You know, and it's like, and they're like, hey, why, why have I played all season uh, to get hurt in this last game right before playoffs to help my team make a playoff push? Um, and I think there's just a message that has to be, you know, sent from, from head coach to players and players to head coach. Like, hey, man, yeah, I'm locked in. I'm ready to play. I have something to work for. Or, hey, man, give me a game. You know, old guy like Odell Willis. Hey, yeah. give, give him a game and put another yeah. D in there that, that's hungry and wants it. Um, but, yeah, all right, well, uh, we will jump to break, break real quick. By the oh. way, we've got uh, varying reports of clarification. Someone said it was the West Final and it was his neighbor's place. Other people saying it was his lawn and there was uh, a guy got charged after. So we still haven't got to the bottom of the Westwood uh, manure pile. But no, that, then also, that's the that's the McCallum manure the McCallum pile. manure pile. Here's Excuse the Westwood me. story, uh, and this is this is exactly what it is. So basically, Troy Westwood uh, went on radio and said, "Rider fans are hillbilly banjo pickers." Then th- when when they asked him if he wanted to. Uh, kind of rescind that and apologize, he says. And and as the texter says, and Wood, Westwood deadpan something like, quote, I'd like to apologize. My comments are really inappropriate. I should have never insulted banjo pickers by grouping them as rider fans. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, man. Not everyone in Saskatchewan <laughs> can play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that one. We'll take a break. When we come back, you'll have the Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. This is the Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Alright, I guess I guess we can come into that. I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start talking to our music guys. Sorry about that, everybody. I'll I'll start oh. doing the music from now on. I'll make sure we get some good play coming in here. <laughs> Alright, so I want to answer. I want to kind of jump okay. into the question y'all were talking about because I know you said you wanted to hear from me on this. You want me to reset it for you? Yeah. Okay. So the latest, and who knows? There's been twists and turns like since week one when he didn't show up. But Le'Veon Bell, am I saying it right? Am I close enough? Le'Veon, yeah, yeah it's pretty because close. you were crushing me like our first bow show. Le'Veon, together. Or something. you're going Le'Veon. Well, or I'm Le'Veon. doing like French, like it's Le, and then Le'Veon. Le'Veon, like clearly he's from France, guys. Surprised you didn't know that. Yeah. The latest is that to franchise him next year if he does not play. The Steelers would have to apply a franchise tag, a third one, not a second, even though he didn't sign the second. And a third one is no longer a top five at his position average. It's a top five players in the league average. So it's a $25 million one-year tag. There's no way the Steelers would do that. Never mind that James Conner's been great for them. And they might not even have tagged him at a lower number. But now, instead of a question, it's a certainty. So the thought is, he might not play a single game this year and have zero on-field injury risk to get himself to free agency, which, you know, a lot of people are, are have very hot feelings about, be it he's not a team player, he doesn't want to win a championship, versus yeah. what he's doing is good for the players, and what he's doing is making sure he can get to that guaranteed money in the market before he takes more NFL tackles. The question yes. is, if you're his agent, what would you advise him? Is it get back to Pittsburgh and accrue that year and showcase yourself a bit before free agency, or is it stay tight, sit healthy, don't risk it, and get to free agency and get paid? Okay, all right. Uh in order to answer this question, I'm going to ask you another question. If you were Jadavion Clowney's agent and and he asked, should I play my senior year, what would you tell him? 
Well, did give us have, the did, context there. Did he have – okay, so he set out his senior year okay. because he knew he was going to be a top draft pick. He he knew there was zero reason for him to play football right. until then. Yeah. He didn't need to go out and show that he wants to win a championship or that he's a team player. So let me let me jump into this. It's not that Le'Veon Bell is not a team player. It's not that Le'Veon Bell does not want to win a championship. He doesn't want to risk and ruin his career to play for a team that does not value him. Enough for his liking. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like for what this guy did touch-wise, percentage-wise of your offense for the year before, he's like, man, listen, if I go through that again, I might not make it to free agency. Right. Because we all know it takes one tackle. And like you said, another 300 tackles this year, what would In happen? In the NFL? My goodness. It's, I mean, maybe he skates, but maybe his career is mauled, or maybe he just loses his step and has to rehab something all offseason. Yeah. And, and, the, and the market's like, eh, eh, well, look how old he is, and look at how many times he's been tackled. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a great I think it's a great thing for both sides. You got to find out that James Conner can replace Le'Veon Bell. Sure. Yeah. Is he Le'Veon Bell? No, but he's a workhorse. He'll give you everything he's got. He's a young guy. Uh, he can produce in the run game and in the pass game. I think that's what most people worried about because Le'Veon mm-hmm. did so much in the pass game yeah. as well. Um, I think they both found out. I think Pittsburgh is looking at this like, hey, we get to wipe our hands clean from this. Well, and they might have gone out and spent in free agency or, or taken a top two-round pick on a, on a running back or something, not knowing what Connor was. Now they know. I never even thought about that angle. And from Bell's side, Pat was a little more leery on the don't play at all. Do you think a guy can lose uh, that ability to be what's made him great by not playing for a year or, no. or, or not? No. That's, <laughs> if anything, man, this guy's leg is going to come back that much stronger. I mean, hey, if you take – if you take Conor McGregor out of the game for a year, he's going to come back, and and some of his um, some of his handling on things might be different. But if he's out there at least doing something, he's still going to be Conor McGregor when he comes back. Yeah. No matter who he's playing for. Yeah, and and I, one of the points I made was, look, you could get out of shape, not playing for sure, but I'd rather try to get a guy into shape than have him rehab a serious injury. Absolutely. Now, so okay, what is he doing out there? That's my question. If he's not doing things out there like if he's he should still be training right now yeah sure he should still yeah, be running he, around he, and obviously you hear the reports of the opposite because who's going to report that he's out there working out nobody right. but if he goes out and has one beer then hey he's partying at, it's at on Shanks. instagram look Le'Veon bell's at shank south right now partying <laughs> he's having a beer talking to us so would you at different positions i know that would you ever take a, a year off like that in a similar if yeah if you had the payday yeah. theoretically yeah. in the same situation at what position at quarterback? Yeah, I'm position. not taking hits like he is. I'm not touching the ball that's fair. 500 times. Like that's that's the okay. Thing. Let me ask you this. I think it's he's a very unique case because he because touches the, the ball so much in that offense. Not even just position he plays. Like Leonard Fournette touches the ball a lot. You know, like these guys touch the ball a lot, but they're not as involved in the pass game. Le'Veon right. Bell is was like the number one target, the number one guy getting the ball handed off to him. He was their entire offense. So that's where it came to me, where he's like, hey, listen, I, t- I touched the ball for 80% of your guys' yards. <laughs> if and, you, and I'm getting paid for 10% of it. If you missed a year of action voluntarily, would it have any type of detrimental effect on you, do you think? Um, man, timing. From a mental perspective, timing, well, all that. But you're coming back to a camp, on routes. Think. Like, it's timing on routes. Um, but as long as I'm out there throwing, and that's the thing. If I took a year off. I'm going to come back strong as hell because I'm going to be at the best training facility you can find me at paying really good money to keep my game sharp. How and long you're do you not rehabbing an, issue, an injury that you suffered over that year either, which is, you know, how many off-seasons have you had in your pro career? We're talking seven. And how many have you had a nagging issue? That, seven. So there you go. <laughs> 
It's such a violent sport to take a year off. I'm more interested in a guy, not less. There's nobody that goes into an offseason unscathed. Not not one person. So how long would it take after a year off to get your timing back, do you think? Uh, would it tra- take training, training camp, camp? You'd be good. Training camp, and then and game games are always different. I mean, you you get better in the games. Your timing becomes better in games. So, the thing is, man, I'll be honest with you. I, like looking, I can look at it from Le'Veon's perspective. That guy's not going to lose a thing. He's not going to lose a step. His legs are going to be that much better. He's going to feel great. Uh, his mind will be recharged that way. He's going to be playing for a team that wants him. Wants and him will desperately. Pay, yes. And they'll show you, hey, the Buffalo Bills, we want you. Here's $25 million. I don't care. We need somebody that can touch the ball for 80% yeah. of our offense. Or it's yeah, like you, it's interesting because I, I, I would agree with Pat's and, and some of the general sentiment is like, oh, what, what's, what's important to Le'Veon? Is it just getting paid or is it winning? And Okay, sure. And that's not exactly what you're saying. I don't saying, care about that stuff. But, I just think there is more risk involved in missing an entire year than summer. I just sure. don't think it's as much of a slam dunk that he comes back on a new team and it's like he's never missed a beat. I just don't think I will it's say as this. much a slam dunk. I think there will be a lot of teams that will say we'll pass. But there's 32 teams in the NFL, and there's oh, probably get paid. I think a we dozen all agree teams that. that would say, this is a game changer for our offense. We'll give him the guaranteed money he wants. We'll give him $40 million. We'll give him three years. Because that's what he's looking for here. All he's doing is looking and saying, $14 million plus injury risk or $40 million guaranteed over three years. Which one am I picking? Yeah. I have, I, He'll I, get paid. Listen, and... I'm not a money guy. I have to side with him on this because he deserves it. And I'm looking – I'm not saying that this is not going to happen. I'm not even saying that he's playing it poorly. Yeah. I just don't think it comes without risk. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I do think there's a risk. The risk involved is 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 all on him. Is he not training the way he should be right now? Is he not staying in that NFL week-to-week shape? Is he not mm-hmm. out there grinding and getting his body to the point where it needs to be ready? Then that's that's the case. But I, I tell you what, that man didn't get to where he is today by not being that yeah. person. Sure. And, and Ryan asked the question about an hour ago if you had advice to give him right now, knowing everything that's happened to this point, you're his agent. Do you tell him, tell to, him to sit, sit out the rest of the Sit his ass at home. And go, I think that's go, where I am, Go too. work out. Get to the facility. Even sure knowing there. that there's risk, I'm, I'm there, too, yeah. especially sure knowing what's there. happened yeah. at this point. Yeah, and there's risk on both sides. I'm not saying there's not. I'm just saying the risk of injury is so extreme for that player. Given what Bo said, and what percentage of the plays he was involved in that he ended up getting tackled at the end of, yeah, that that risk is absolutely dwarfs any sort of rust and or yeah. mental sharpness in my. So opinion. how many more guys go down this road, especially if he comes back, gets his four-year deal at forty-three million dollar guaranteed, or whatever? How many other guys go down this road? They, how many I, other guys have been in are, the spot? How many guys are Le'Veon Bell though? That's the thing is, and other guys, are get other paid guys can do it. Other guys can do it, but it's not going to benefit him that much. Le'Veon Bell is a unique situation. Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell. I promise you. I know there's thirty-two teams in the NFL. Thirty-one other teams are going to send out a fuck. Uh, ooh, sorry. Yep. Are going to send out a contract offer. There's or at 30, least mull over. Say, no, what are we but, looking at? No, no. There's 31 teams that are looking at this like if we had Le'Veon Bell on our football team, no matter who, you're, if you're running back Leonard Fournette, Talk maybe girly. the only other team. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably three teams, and I'd say I'd say it's uh, it's L.A., Kansas City with Kareem Hunt, New Orleans, and um, yeah. Well, and then you, I was going to say you Saquon Barkley so young. You got the Chargers. I mean, I, I would say it's not 30, but there there are two dozen teams that would have their offense completely improved vastly by adding this guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just no way that Le'Veon Bell is not your number one pick at running back. 
over any running back in the NFL now, besides maybe Todd Gurley. But he's but guys, let's not forget if Le'Veon Bell is is in the league right now doing what he's doing, he has better numbers than Todd Gurley probably. More than he's rushing game, for 150 for sure. yards. He's ru- yeah, yeah, he's he's catching. He's he's probably caught seven, eight touchdowns by now. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of offense this guy puts up. What would you have told him at the beginning of the season? In this exact same circumstance, would you have told him to sit the year? No. No? I wouldn't have. But now that he's gone through well, that. Now, and we yeah, keep now there's no the point of about the CBA. I mean, that's where this one's been so wild because it keeps I, twisting I, I'll and I'll be turning. honest with you. At the beginning of the year, I did not know the situation very well. Until well, no you guys just sat here and talked about it, we I really seen did. it. Yeah, I it's really, really taken, it. like, thorough CBA interpretation yeah. to the point where, like, lack of forward was on. We had him in, I want to say, week, like, three or four. And he laid out that this wasn't possible, the situation that is happening. We've never seen it. We've never seen this this situation play out this way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. I think this this opens up a, a can of worms that quarterbacks might start doing this. But but they get paid anyway. Yeah, and quarterbacks like are if, different. Like if Stafford and – not even Stafford. If, uh, who's the guy that started in Arizona this year that's been brutal ever? Bradford. If Bradford's a guy that they're going to commit big money to, like who's going to say they're all getting the, paid? Like Mariota's going to get 25 you know a year. What He's hardly does? done anything. I think what it does is give a player – and I don't think it's a bad thing – Another, another chip I to think use. it gives yep. a player who's going to get franchised just a little bit more leverage. Yeah, absolutely. What, especially if Le'Veon Bell comes back and he's outstanding. The, the big risk, if I'm the player's side of this, is what if it turns into a situation where the fit isn't great? And I look at Shady McCoy in Buffalo, right? Sure. Like he, was, he was a top five, top ten fantasy running back. Uh, all of a sudden, you can't you can't start him in fantasy right now because he's playing on a bad team. And if, if it's the bad team or a bad situation that ends up signing him, I, I wonder about what that does to the leverage going forward. But if he chooses his spot, and if you're right, and we're talking 20-plus teams are like, okay, here's what we'll give you, then that's probably the, – the risk is probably mitigated there. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is, man, the franchise tag was put in for a very good reason. Of you know, hey, we need to we need to hold on to you for one more year. We're still going to pay you the the top five average of the players in your position. Like that's a lot of money, no matter what. Fourteen million. But it just year. gives yeah. you that that one year of we're not going to pay you the top, and we're not going to reset the precedent of what running backs get paid. And we're not I, committing term. Yeah, and that, and that's what's that's what's tough, man. I I think honestly, I mean, I think it'll be changed CBA wise, but. I think it just becomes very tough to when you go year in and year out of, hey, we're just going to franchise tag you every year. I really don't think you should be allowed to. I think it should be a one-time thing. Like, yeah. we're going to use our one-time franchise tag for you this year. We need you to sign it, See, and they have to sign it. I like the fact that on the third time, it becomes a top five app. If you make that the second time, then all of a sudden it gives the player a little bit more leverage. Yeah. Too. Is that, Let, yeah. Okay, and, and wide right. receiver all of a sudden now going to get paid quarterback money. Maybe we'll sign him to a long-term Absolutely. deal. Absolutely. It, it gives you that incentive, I think, even the first year to say, okay, well, yeah, I'll sign it this year because I'm still getting paid top five average of my position, which is no matter what, it's always going to be a lot. Yeah. Yep. And then it puts you in that position like, hey, they try this again. I'm going to get paid top five average of all the players, which means I'm making quarterback money, which nobody else in the NFL is getting. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's, that's a win-win to me. I mean – I just I don't I don't I know that Drew went through it for a couple years, didn't he? And he got to the point where he was tired of signing these franchise tags. And Same breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't he go through this? Well, I'm trying to think. They might have done it one year in San Diego, in San but then Diego? he had the shoulder issues, so they walked away, and then it was Miami or New Orleans. But I would have thought New Orleans had to commit at that point, or did they franchise him after his first deal in New Orleans? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I think they should probably change it because that's how you can avoid these situations, but still give the players some leverage in that sense. 
Uh, we'll take another quick break. When we come back, remember, text in 960-960. Let us know what you want to talk about. Ask fantasy questions. Ask NFL. Ask CFL playoffs. You know they're coming on us right now. And then, um, yeah, call in also 403-240-4444 if you want to talk. All right, you're listening to the Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. Back to the Bo Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. How's that for music? See, now that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Matty Rose, a that winner. That gets me the going. Old Good stuff. job, Matty Rose. All right, you're rehired. I'll tell Kelly. You didn't like, oh, <laughs> you didn't, Kelly you didn't like the, uh, the OB Trice the, the last time, hey? I just didn't like the, the way it started. That's Where the beat drops, not bad, but I didn't didn't like, like right away I need gotcha. people to be like, oh, man, gotcha. what is Bo about to say? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> All right, it sounds like we've got some good text coming in from the text line. Uh, I think we have a caller waiting as we well. We do. Let's let's start there. we got Howard on the line, wants to talk to Bo. What's up, Howard? Hi, Bo. What's congrats going on, I'm getting Howard? to the uh, – not much. I just wanted to have a question for you. Uh, congrats, first of all, on getting to the West Final. Thank you very much. So you being a quarterback, I have a question for you. Uh, what do you think? Who do you think will have a better career, NFL career, uh, Carson Wentz or Patrick Mahomes? Oh man, Ooh, good question. Howard. Good question. Um, you know what? I think I always I always worry about uh, hyping up a guy when it's his first year starting. Um, and same same with Carson. You know, when Carson, everybody hyped him up as just. I mean, this is the way people are talking about Pat is the way people were talking about Carson last year. Um, you know, when he has one injury and now people are changing their mind and saying it's changed him. Um, overall, in total, the career, I think I think Pat's going to end up being a Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I think he's going to win one. I think he's going to win one early in his career, and it might be this year. Um, and then guys are going to figure some things out about him, and Kansas City's not going to be able to keep all their pieces together, and things are going to start to go differently. But um, I like the way Pat Mahomes plays, man. He's 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 like myself, and let's push the ball downfield. Let's let our guys go make plays for us. Um, I just love his gunslinger mentality, and uh, yeah, I think I think I'd go with Pat Mahomes, and I don't have any disrespect at all for Carson Wentz. What I think he's you, a great quarterback. What have you seen from him this year? From which one? Wentz, because you obviously talk about Mahomes at length. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's some hesitations every now and then, um, and that could be just created from, you know, timing being off from his injury and having to, you know, kind of change the way maybe he drops or feels things. But, um, you know, Carson was a guy that was ready to take off at any moment uh, when he was, he wanted to run the ball, and and I think that thought process isn't there as much, and he's really m- more or less trying to become much more in the pocket, and I don't think he's being protected as well as he was last year either. Um, so, I mean, I think he's having a good year still. You know, I, I know that the games aren't going the way people want right now, but, um, you know, I don't think they have the pieces they had last year. Like, sometimes when you lose small pieces, even guys like Trey Burton, it's it's things that you don't realize how much you value uh, in part of your team. A, a tight end that was a, a guy that could block, a guy that could sneak out um, and be uncovered, but he was always going to catch the ball and he always knew where to be. Sometimes those those pieces, yeah, yeah they're they're uh, they're invaluable, man. And, uh, and I think they're kind of missing that right now. And obviously missing Alshon early in the year really hurt. Uh, another phone call. This one's from Tyler who wants to talk to Bo. What's going on, Tyler? Hey, not too much, man. How you doing? Doing good. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Calgary, obviously. Just out doing some running around today, so. Hey, um, good luck on the, on the you know the next game here coming up, and hopefully Thank the Grey Cup. You've Tyler, I have MLT. a question real quick before you start, but when you say Calgary, obviously, are you saying that all of the listeners are only from Calgary? Well, you know, it's AM radio, <laughs> so you kind of guess you think you're in the area, but I guess now with the internet, it could be anywhere. So. I'm just messing with you. All right, what's your question, bud? Uh, you know, about the live mic games. I know with a lot of terminology, and you know, you don't have to answer anything you're not comfortable with, but I know with the first live mic game, you were kind of using your, your city name as kind of your, your play count. 
or as your call. And then uh, at some point in the game, you change it up and you actually got the other team to go offside. So it was kind of cool as a fan's perspective to kind of see a little more of that side of it. But my question is, is how much is it terminology? Like, do you guys change it multiple times per year or is it kind of just case by case with that kind of stuff? Hey, first off, I just want to say that's an amazing question. Yeah. Uh, Detail. But stay on the line because I want you to reply to this. Um, okay. So I love that you picked that up. Absolutely, you are correct. We were using city names, and we, we changed it halfway through because we know they know it as well. Um, but let me ask you this. You're a fan watching the game. Have you ever played football? Uh, not competitively, no. Okay, so you've never competitively played football, and you picked that up. So how much do you think that the other teams are picking up and how hard that makes it on us as an offense to create things and create terminology and change words um, in order to still be competitive? You know, so when it comes to your question about live mic games, man, uh, we hate them. You know, we're not I very big fans of them because for that exact reason, you know, we have we have an entire year of trying to get guys to go on a certain cadence to not jump off sides. And then now we've had three live mic games this year. So we've had to change it three different times. Um, and I think it hurts us. I think it hurts the game overall. I, you know, for, for you, it, it, what you picked up is awesome. It's awesome you picked that up. But um you know, like you said, from a fan's perspective, that was that was cool for you to see, right? But how mm-hmm. how how much does that stay cool each time you hear it? You know what I mean? Like it's not it's it's kind of a dying off kind of thing. I thought it was a cool one off um, kind of instance. Like hey, you got the live mic, you got to hear what things are going on here. Maybe we'll do it once a year. Um, but we've done it so much, I feel like it's kind of worn off a little bit. Don't you feel? I agree. And like as a fan, like I want what's best for the team, right? Like if it, if it's easier to have, you know, not have that, you know, being on air and you guys can have a little more secrecy, I'm all for that. I don't want the play calls to be kind of blown up, but but yeah, I definitely see your guys' side of it. It must be a coaching nightmare to, have yeah. to go through I, all that. So I agree with you on the diminishing returns. I think it's less neat each time you do it, and I feel like if you did it once a year for every team and you let them go into a buy after, that might make things easier. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. But Tyler, hey man, thank you very much and I appreciate the call. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy about that is so so Nick Arbuckle, his uh, fiance is out here now, um, and she's watching the game. It's a live mic game, and she talks to Nick after the game. She goes, Nick, they were not turning y'all's mics off, and she's like, What are you talking <laughs> about? She goes, She goes, the other offense was on the field, and I could hear Bo telling Chris, Hey, keep running on your go route. I'm coming to you next drive. I'm throwing the go. She's like, How is that possibly still on there? You know wow. what I mean? Like, yeah. why Why is that on there? Why is there even a chance to put that on there? It makes absolutely no sense. Well, it's going to be frustrating. And I mean, the I get thing it. is, you know that there is, especially on those live mic games, you know that there is somebody on the other team watching the game, listening to everything, and reporting back. Right. You know you know that they are just trying for to, those pi- tidbits, just yeah. to pick up that little bit of an extra edge. Yeah. I'm not, listen, I understand we're trying to make ourselves uh, more valuable in the open market to get people to watch. I know sports is a, you know, as a television watching, it's, it's you know going down numbers wise. But you're in the entertainment business. That's I, what you're yeah, exactly. We're we're in the entertainment business, and I think what's what's rough is that um, sometimes once the entertainment starts to overcome the actual play of the sport, that's when things start to go wrong. You know, when you start worrying more about um, how do we how do we make this more entertaining? I, well, you know what? You know how you make it more entertaining is the play on the field. And yeah. when you, whenever you do anything that takes away from the play on the field you're taken away from the people watching the game because I, I can't tell you how many countless times I've had Americans, family members, uh, friends watching the game, and, you know, they go to review, and everybody in the room, even the guys rooting for the other team, are all like, yep, that's a catch, or that's a fumble, or that's not a penalty, and it goes the opposite way, and they're like, okay, let's go watch something else. 
you know, it's just once you start ruining the play on the field, it becomes too much. Yep. Yep. And I, like, I do think that they probably will keep on doing these things. I don't, I don't feel like the CFL is just going to stop doing the live mic games. In fact, I wonder what else they might do to keep on pulling the curtain back going forward here because, you know. Well, we're going to address that in the CBA. That's, the, that's the, a the big thing for you guys yeah, in the We're not happy with it. I mean, it was cool. It was one of those things where, like, you know, two years ago, we're like, all right, yeah, that's fine. We'll do it. I mean, look, Mike R- Riley and Moss wouldn't even do it because they knew yep. how oh, much yeah. it would hurt him, right? Uh, because they saw ours, and they were like, there's no way we're putting that information out there. They run no huddle offense. They can't do it. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing is we had to start changing a bunch of our, you know, no huddle calls and everything because of these live mic games. And now that we've had three or four in the year, you know, we go to play a team in the playoffs, like, all right, cool, let's go back and watch all the live mic games. Let's get everything mm-hmm. we can get down. Um, and you've got, we've got to go back now and watch those. We've got to change every one of those plays, make sure none of those things are on there. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's definitely taken away from the play on the okay, field. Okay, so I here's believe. a question, because you hear on NFL games, they don't have the live mic games quite the same way, but you can hear Rodgers and his cadence. You can hear Brady and his cadence, and you can pick, like, you know that Rodgers is green 19. Like, you know, and, yeah. and like, you, you can pick that up. Now, is is that the same type of disadvantage? Even though you can like that's that's not the same no, type that's, of live that's, mic. Yeah, that's a boom mic, right? Yeah. Like I, I like that. I think you should be able to hear that. Um, I'm cool with you hearing everything I say after I, after I break the huddle. I don't care if you hear anything I say um, because there's no yeah. way. There's, if gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, know, if I turn, and that okay. makes sense. That that's, makes yeah. sense because they're already hearing stuff yeah. and you're yelling at the line of scrimmage. Right. But what's in the huddle should stay private. I yeah. get that. Yeah. If I turn around to Don and tell him, hey man, like I got. You know, I'm, I'm turning to my right. Uh, you know, we just always confirm with each other, whatever. Like, you, you do that. Um, there's nobody that can relay that to the linebacker in time to make the play. And I think that's the biggest thing. When, I, when I'm talking to my player on the sideline, there's no reason that that should be publicized to anybody out there to let him know that I told Chris Matthews, hey, I'm coming to you next drive on a go route. Like, stay ready. that's something that the other team could use. Absolutely. That's what, that's they're ready really, for that. Hey, 100%. He, they're going to go to Matthews, watch him on a go road. Then all of a sudden they're looking for that and yeah. they jump it, right? Because we, I think my my understanding of the live mic games, it has always been um, any strategic stuff would not be told. Well, if that's the case, then why it's is it too turned hard. on in the huddle? Yeah. No, and, and listen. Because that strategy. It's, it's, it's way too hard. Like, think about how many microphones they got going and, and how many channels of audio. And this has got to be up. This has got to be down. We switch over here. We got to bleep that. Like, it's. It's, it's too much. It's not going to be perfect, and it, it clearly is. hasn't been when stuff that shouldn't have got there has got there. It's happened a lot. Okay, yeah. so rapid fire on the text line before Let's we wrap. Go. Let's see. Let's um, you you made the joke about uh, AM radio in Calgary. Well, you're right. So, uh, Bo, I'm listening from Bullhorn, which is down by Cardston, which is a long ways away. I appreciate you very much. For listening uh, I'm listening from about 400 miles away. That's what I'm talking uh, about. And this says, I drive to Montana every day. Comes in crystal clear the whole way. So there you go. You can. I've get got us- listeners in Montana. Shout out Dave Dickinson. That's right. So there you go. He is a celebrity down there. Living legend. Uh, Bo's biased. Pat Mahomes just got him like 100 points this weekend. You fantasy. are absolutely correct. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Atlantic CFL franchise? Man, I think it's amazing. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to call in today to to buy some of the fifty dollar deposit on tickets <laughs> just to just to continue to you know kind of push the uh, the envelope on it. I think it's a great thing to have ten ten teams in the CFL would be amazing. Um, you know, we were sitting here talking about how how many other cities actually could do it uh, in our opinion, but uh, I think I think it would be an awesome place to do it. I think in the East Coast too, you would have a huge advantage playing over there. You know, yeah, the, big the travel, travel, yeah. the travel yeah, teams yeah. would have to make would be uh, would be absolutely huge. But 
my, my biggest thing is, man, they're not pushing it on anybody. You know, the CFL's not like, man, we need a 10th team. we got to find a place. These guys were like, hey, we want the CFL, and I don't think there's anything better for a lead than a city that wants you. Yeah, different than plunking a team in Shreveport. Yeah. <laughs> they all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you just put it in an American city and, like, you try to find people, hey, we'll come make it watch work. us. No, no, no. There's a city. There, there's cities in an area out there, the Maritime. They want you, man, come out there, and I think it'd be a great thing. Bo, are you working on left-handed passes yet? Like that's Pat from Mahomes. your wife, I think. It's, it's not, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. She did text in right. Oh, that was my wife that said that Pat Mahomes got. Oh, that was points. that was Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding. Oh, by the way, I played Maddie in uh, fantasy this How'd week. How'd it go? You clearly it went, beat her. It, it went very well. Um, we, so we tried to bet on who had to get fixed after. <laughs> okay, so I tried. I tried to bet that it, it didn't go well. She no, said that's still not gonna me. go well at all. Yeah, she said it didn't go. It, it was. She might it wasn't fix working you on her way. own if you she go might. down that path. She, she, I think she actually said something just like that. I think the Bobbit was the gentleman. <laughs> Why do you have, have those, those garden shears? What are you doing? Yeah, here? What's going on here? All right, guys. Well, hey, man, I appreciate y'all. Uh, watch some CFL football this weekend. You yeah. got the playoffs. You got BC versus uh, Hamilton, and you've got Winnipeg at Sask. Um, and we will be waiting in the wins to find out who wins those games. So appreciate you guys. Top City, hell yeah. That's the Bo Show brought to you by SML Entertainment Pool Tables, Hot Tubs, Patio Furniture, and much, much more. Five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Up around the corner, Daily Calgary Flames Roundtable. We've talked goaltending the entire year on the roundtable this year, but I've got a different spin on a goaltending question. Next is Pinder and Steinberg resumes. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.